0: This morning we are indeed at the first Sunday in this season of Advent. Season of of remembering who the Lord is as he draws near and as he promises to us that he will draw near again. This morning let me invite you if you have your Bibles with you to turn to the prophet Isaiah. We're going to look at just a few verses there in Isaiah 52. throughout Advent this year we're going to be thinking about uh, these, these themes or this lens of good news, of gospel in Advent. We live, I think, in an age where news travels quickly. News travels, in many cases, instantly, right through our devices and computers. And even though we can get information rapidly, we sometimes forget that, that deep and significant news, messages of, of real consequence. It takes time for us to, to receive that information and respond accordingly. Back in September of 1945, most newspapers across the world published headlines that announced the the end of conflict, the end of war between the United States and Japan. There was a a treaty signed, a surrender. And that, that news was in most newspapers, but it doesn't mean that every soldier or even every civilian received that information so quickly. In particular, there uh, was a sergeant in the Japanese military, a man by the name of Shoichi Yakoi. And he was stationed on the island of Guam uh, during, during the conflict of World War II. And in 1944, the United States arrived uh, on Guam, uh, and as a result, the, the Japanese forces uh, stationed there, retreated. But rather than retreat, uh, as a sergeant, Yakoi stayed put, and he stayed together with nine other soldiers, remaining there in hiding on the island. They, they split up across the, the jungles on the island, and they maintained occasional contact for a few years, but then eventually, most of those other soldiers came out of hiding. They received news of what had happened, and they returned to Japan. But not Shoichi. He continued waiting there in the jungle. He assumed that his unit would return and that he would receive further orders from from higher command. And he remained there for nearly 28 years in isolation until in 1972, two local villagers discovered him living in a cave. And as they brought him into the neighboring town, The the Japanese authorities were alerted that this sergeant from World War II was still living. And they, they sent someone with orders to inform him that he could come home again. And that because in the ensuing nearly three decades, the United States and Japan had become allies rather than enemies. But that that news, news of that consequence, news of that magnitude took took time to settle in. It took months for Yokoi to adjust to to the new realities, the new possibilities this news represented. For three decades, he had adjusted his reality, his plans, his decisions to the, the, the sort of reality of warfare. He was in hiding. But now, with this news, he was free to return home. He was free to settle back in his home province. And he was free even to fall in love. And within a few years, he was married to someone back home. Now, all of those things had been theoretically possible for nearly three decades, right? But that that news had not reached him. The the reality of of the way the world had changed had not yet come to the place where he had been hiding. This Advent season, I want to share with you, and I want us to listen in to news that has far-reaching, life-altering consequences. News of a new kingdom news of a new reign and rule, news of a new kind of reality that has shifted the balance of power in not just our country, but in the universe itself, in reality itself. And the question, I think, Advent asks us and the scriptures proclaim to us Is that good news is is spreading. Good news is reigning in our world. But has that news reached us? Has it changed us? Have we received it? Let me pray for us as we open up the Word of God together. Lord Jesus, you have come in a decisive way to set up a new kingdom reign, and a new kingdom rule. You've come to bring us out of places of isolation, to bring us into the fullness of what it means to be the people of God, who belong to you and who will one day make our home with you. In the new heavens and new earth, you will bring Lord Jesus, would you open our ears, open our eyes to the realities of gospel today. May the words of my mouth as I preach, may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing, be ready, be available to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. morning, I want to start by, again, looking at this passage in Isaiah 52. I want to begin there because it announces gospel. It announces good news to us. But the backdrop before Isaiah 52, and really the backdrop of all of of sort of the second half of Isaiah, chapter 40 and on, those passages that we encounter so often at Advent, is that God's people had been carried away into exile, right into defeat. The places that they lived in, their homeland, had been destroyed, laid bare. And and the first half of Isaiah speaks about, in in many ways, during that period of exile, the, the Lord's people grew groggy. It was almost like they fell into a slumber. They began to to forget who the Lord was and what He was like. They they began to, to lose track of the hope that they had and the promise He had given them. And so as we come to the beginning of Isaiah 52, Isaiah is concerned with this kind of slumber with the people who had either been carried into exile or with the few people that were remaining in Jerusalem, living among the ruins there, right, their hope had grown dim. But here in chapter 52, it's like a wake-up call arrives for the people of God. And as we read through these four verses in chapter 52, we're going to take them one verse at a time. I want you to try to visualize with me the, the picture Isaiah is describing. These people who were asleep. Who had lost sight of their hope. Isaiah says good news is proclaimed to them. And there is this incredible awakening that takes place. Do you read with me Isaiah 52, we're going to start in verse 7. Isaiah the prophet proclaims, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Isaiah is, is inviting us, again, to picture living in the, in the day-to-day realities of occupation. Right? Imagine living in Jerusalem at this time. Where your life would, would be dictated by, by outside forces, by hostile forces. Who showed little concern for your freedom, for your joy, for your well-being. Prior to verse 7 here, the reality of God's people was defined more by what they had lost than by what remained, what was good, what there was to celebrate. So Jerusalem is this, this city in mourning, this city in ruins. Until one day Isaiah says, you're awakened at dawn to the distant shouting of a messenger. ...on the hills outside Jerusalem. The messenger is proclaiming gospel... ...gospel or or good news. Good news. And as the messenger moves closer to the city... ...his his proclamation becomes louder and clearer. And in verse 7 we see the nature of that gospel... ...the nature of that good news. It's a message of peace returning to your city. It's a message of gladness returning to your city. And the messenger begins to say something about the city being saved, the city being rescued, because a new king has come to power and a new kingdom has begun to reign. And so he shouts, Good news! Good news! But in those early morning hours, right, you're still trying to make sense of what this good news is, what its message is, what its realities represent. But just as the messenger reaches the city gates, you hear more voices join in the shouting. And this time, the news of gospel is not coming from outside the city, but rather above the city. Gospel has reached the watchtowers, verse 8. Isaiah says, listen, your watchmen lift up their voices, together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Isaiah says that the news moves from the messenger now onto the watchtowers. And for the longest time, imagine these watchmen as they watched over the ruins of Jerusalem. They've had little to be excited about. For the longest time, all they've either seen is further plundering, further destruction of their hometown. Or they've seen the coming and going of of hostile forces, occupying forces, taking things out of Jerusalem, taking hope out of Jerusalem. But today Isaiah says they see a, a different banner on the hills advancing outside Jerusalem. They see a power and a presence they almost forgot existed. And these watchmen suddenly realize that it's not the Babylonians advancing on the city. It's not the Assyrians advancing on the city. It's not even the Persians coming to collect tribute again. Isaiah says that these watchmen see the presence of the Lord himself coming and returning to Israel. And he says with their own eyes they, they see and they begin to shout that the Lord has returned to Zion. And by now you can imagine everyone in this city Isaiah is imagining is, is awakened with the news, right? They've heard the messenger come in, they've heard the, the watchtowers light up with joy. Could it possibly be true that God is now king, that God will now reign over his people? And in all the excitement and all the life that is coming back to the city, Isaiah now says in verse 9 that something else is awakened as well. Isaiah says, burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. And he has redeemed, he has bought back Jerusalem for himself. By this third verse here, verse 9, right, the wake-up call that, that Isaiah is describing has reached the ruined walls, the foundations of the city itself. And now he says it's their turn to receive good news. It's their turn to join in its proclamation to the people of the city. Because the Lord has bought back the city. He has reclaimed it for his own. And he is proclaiming that he will dwell there again with them. They will be his people and he will be their God. And you can, you can sort of see what's happening in these verses, these successive verses in Isaiah 52. Right, we have good news starting on the mountains and then it spreads to the watchtowers and now it is vivifying and, and awakening the city itself. And it's like the gospel message keeps expanding. Right? It's, it's rolling over the city like a wave. And for everyone it reaches, Isaiah says, it, it brings transformation. It brings emotional transformation. It brings physical transformation. Their circumstances are different. Their possibilities are now different. Life in Jerusalem will now be different because the Lord reigns. There's this awakening of hope. And in one sense Isaiah's words here are are specifically describing and directed toward historical events that took place in 6th century BC. Isaiah is describing what happened when Israel heard the news Right? King Darius' proclamation that the exiles could return, that the rebuilding of Jerusalem could begin, that the temple would eventually be restored. There's that particular concrete fulfillment at that point in time. But in another sense, Isaiah's proclamation of gospel and good news is much bigger. It's, it's intended for far off, for farther reaching horizons. And we see that indicated particularly in verse 10. Where Isaiah says, The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Notice that word all that takes place twice in this verse. Kol in the Hebrew. It indicates that the the gospel, the good news that Isaiah is describing is meant to go out to every corner of creation, to every nation, to be beheld and to be received and to transform every person on the face of the earth. There's this farther reaching gospel. And it's meant to reach us this morning. meant to go out from that that epicenter that that's being described as a city is restored and as ruins are awakened and it's meant to go out from that that place and reach us here I want you to use your imagination if you need to close your eyes you can but imagine that gospel imagine the announcement of God's reign reaching where you sit right now what does it mean That you belong to the Lord and the Lord reigns over your reality. That there is no other hostile force or power or voice that determines who you are. But rather, the good news is our determining reality. What would it mean to begin to live from that reality? To let our our circumstances and our choices adjust to that reality. You can open your eyes if you've you've had them closed. I want you to think about the the fulfillments, the things that we announce in the gospel during this Advent season. During this Advent season, we remember, first of all, the, the fulfillment, the keeping of God's promise to Israel. That he rescued them, that he saved them. That he preserved them as his people. Secondly, at Advent, we remember God's faithfulness and saving power in the incarnation. In verse 10, when it says God would lay bare his holy arm, that he would show to the nations his power and his ability to save and to rescue Right? Well, we, we know and we will hear announced in Luke's Gospel next week that God chose to do that through the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. The incarnation is good news. The incarnation that would become the suffering servant who died and rescued us through his own body. And it's interesting to notice the rest of Isaiah 52 here describes the one who God would incarnate himself through, that suffering servant that would give his life for ours. So the gospel of Advent is Israel's redemption, it's, it's the promise of incarnation. And finally, the gospel is the promise of consummation, of creation's perfection. The gospel says that when that news finally goes out and reaches every corner of the world, when every tribe, when every tongue, when every nation has received its proclamation, that the Lord will come again. He will make his home with us. So my question for you as we begin this Advent season is whether the good news has reached you yet. If God is king, if his salvation is on the way, then what part of your life, what dimension of your reality can be different as a result? And which of these two pictures describes how you see reality? Are Are we asleep to the hope of the gospel or is the gospel washing over us and awakening hope within us as a people? I want to conclude by just rehearsing a little bit of this advent, hope. This is Psalm 97:1. I'll say the first part, I'd like you to respond, and we'll do it three times, okay? And then we'll move into our closing time of worship. So I'll start you, 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 uh, you say the part about the Earth rejoicing. "The Lord reigns." And the, earth rejoices. the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. At the earth, Amen.